Hey friends, welcome back to the show. Jessica Stevens here, your host of I Just Blank Now What the Podcast. Thank you, thank you, thank you for joining me for another Now What Wednesday. So, so, so excited about today's episode. And I know you're like, you say that every week and it's true. But today we're having a nice, fun, dreamy episode conversation with Judith Keys. And we are talking about how she just decided one day to pick up and move to the south of France. Yes, my friends, this is a travel episode and following your dream and picking up and doing the thing that your heart just tells you it wants to do. So I don't know about you, but I have always dreamed of picking up and moving to the south of France. Doesn't that sound just so wonderful? Well, it's remained a dream for me. It became the reality for my guest, Judith. So she is originally from Ireland, but having lived in Provence, France for the past 10 years and calling her home, she decided to quit her corporate job in Scotland, sell her house and pick up and wanted a better dream than the standard nine to five. After moving to France, falling in love, and starting a family, she was inspired to start a couple of businesses along the way. Passionate about food and cuisine, she opened My Food in France, followed by My Best Friend in France. The aim is to help people get comfortable and learn about French food through cookery classes and a paid online membership, as well as help them with social and emotional impact of moving and living in a different country. Judith really wants to be your best friend in France and helping people thrive and love their lives. And her experience over the past 10 years allows her to support others with their journey too. So without further ado, let's go to the South of France. Have you ever had a situation happen in your life that you weren't expecting, good or bad, and said to yourself or out loud, oh my gosh, I just fill in the blank. Now what? Me too, friend. Me too. I've had quite a few, actually. And in the moment, I never knew what I was going to do next. Of course, I had to figure it out. Sometimes the hard way, but I did figure it out. So join me and some amazing guests this season as we all share our own I just blank now what stories so we can all learn from their transformational lessons to help us all answer that lifelong and often paralyzing question, now what? Hey friends, are you having a I just feel sluggish now what moment? Me too. And when I'm feeling a little low and need to pick me up, I turn to the Arbonne 30 Days to Healthy Living program to help me reset. It's not a diet, it's a lifestyle. The 30 Days to Healthy Living acts as a reset in establishing healthy habits so you can get more energy and feel fit with clean vegan nutrition. Arbonne's mission is to empower people to flourish with sustainable, healthy living. So the 30 Days to Healthy Living set and program are specifically designed to do just that. It helps you identify foods that might not be serving your body well, while you focus on adding nutrient-dense, plant-based whole foods into your daily routine, creating sustainable habits for a healthy lifestyle that lasts. So if you want to get started on your path to healthy living with our number one nutrition set featuring nine plant-powered products that make healthy living easy, head over to jessicastevenstoronto.arbon.com and click on the Healthy Living tab and check out the program. Join me each month as I help dozens of people 
feel fit and their best with this amazing program. It's definitely not a diet, it's a lifestyle. And if you want to live well and feel fit, join us on the next 30 Days to Healthy Living. So head over to jessicastevenstoronto.arbon.com, check out that Healthy Living tab, and let's help you go from feeling sluggish to feeling great. Well, bonjour, Judith. Bonjour. <laughs> oh my goodness, I'm so excited to see you again. Well, virtually, because you are obviously in the beautiful south of France, and I am here in the very rainy Toronto. But it's it's so excited to have you on the show, because I'm really excited to have this conversation with you. Because I, too, am someone have had dreams of picking up and moving across the world to some, you know... Well, I don't know if you would refer to the South of France as exotic, but definitely charmed and cultured space. (laughs) So yeah, I'm excited for our conversation today about you, you know, picking up your life and moving. But before we do that, obviously I just read your wonderful bio to everybody, but I always love for guests to share a little bit about themselves in their own words of what what you actually want people to know about you. Mm. Yeah, so thanks so much again, Jessica, for having me on the show. I'm very excited to speak with you as well. So my name is Judith and I am originally from Belfast in Northern Ireland and I moved to France 10 years ago. And since moving here, I have lived the dream, I suppose. I met my husband, I have two beautiful boys and I run two amazing businesses that I set up. Yeah, I suppose I just feel I feel blessed that everything has turned out not always the way I wanted it to, but the things that were difficult have been learning moments for me and I wouldn't change anything. Mm, I know those hard, hard times or hard, hard situations are often you know, gifts from the universe that we need to actually pay attention to what's going on and been like, okay, so something's got to give here something, we got to change something. So can we rewind the tape? Can you take us back to Belfast, to Ireland, to, you know, you living there, what was going on and what inspired you just to say, screw it, I'm going to France. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I lived in Ireland until I was 18 and then I moved to Scotland to study. So I wanted already at a young age, I wanted to get away from Northern Ireland. It was a small place. It was a very troubled place. If anybody knows the history of Northern Ireland, we basically lived in a war zone for for a long time. And yeah, it's just a very small place where you always saw the same people. And I felt too big for that little space. So I moved to Scotland to study languages, French being one of them, and spent almost 10 years, maybe a bit more than 10 years in Edinburgh in Scotland. And I've got a really good job, Jessica, got a really good job in a law firm. I had, you know, I moved up through the ranks, became a manager and, you know, I loved it, but it just became a little bit boring. And I was in the corporate world, and, you know, I, I was doing all the right things. So I, I just bought my first house. I was, you know, doing everything that everybody told me to do or what society thinks we should do. And I wanted to scream. I just cracked and thought, no, this can't be it. So I just decided to throw in the towel and leave and move to France. Wow. Okay. So... <laughs> I'm actually envisioning you like leaving Ireland, going to Scotland, you know, living up the life, 
going to work every day, buying a house mm-hmm. and then been like, okay, I just bought this house and now I'm going to sell it and move. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think <laughs> it was, uh, it was something about a feeling trapped. So that was the final sort of nail in the coffin. I think I already felt trapped by my job, by my surroundings. I'd been there for a long time. I needed, I wanted a change, but I was going against that and thinking I had to do the right thing. You know, this is what you do. You, you mm-hmm. must buy a house. You must be in this job. And, you know, and I think I just saw my future ahead of me and thought, no. So I actually, the house purchase was the thing that kicked me into gear I think it made me realize no this is not it so yeah. well there's nothing like feeling trapped in a mortgage <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> a 30 year term to this place uh-huh. oh my god for a free spirit like yourself that must have been you know the like the final thing like oh god what have I done yeah and I, I ha- think I have to live here forever yeah. <laughs> I have I had family so my family had already moved to the south of France so we had always come here on holiday we were a francophile family so my dad was a French teacher we had you know spent a long time here over the years and my parents had already taken early retirement to France my sister had moved out and was living the dream and I was actually the last one so it was a pretty I don't want to say an easy decision but I had somewhere to go, so I had somewhere to run to and get away from it all. But I had a little bit of a cushion because, you know, they were there already and I knew I had somewhere to stay and, you know, and I would I would figure it out once I got there. So that that bit was sort of easy. It was like, right, I need to get out. OK, I'll do this first and see what happens. <laughs> were there any other locations on your list of thinking of where you wanted to go? Or was it like, oh, if I leave here, it's the south of France. I love it there. Well, what I did actually was I was lucky as well in that in my work, the the lawyer that I worked with, I worked so closely with her and she was going off to have a baby and because she was going to be away for six months. And I thought, I what am I going to do? This is, you know, I thought I'll take a break. I'll ask if I can take six months too, not to have a baby, but to go and travel. travel yeah. And they said, yes, they let me go. So I had six months to do what I wanted and I thought I'll try I'll go to France and see what it's like and I spent six months with my family living in you know this glorious sunshine in the south of France surrounded by amazing food and people and you know just the culture that I love uh, you know it just is an amazing place and then I had to go back to work after the six months I had to honor that and go back and you know be there and and in, you know, rain, in, that, in rainy Edinburgh. Yeah, yeah. And in that six months, I actually met my now husband. So he was another reason that I ended up going back to France. But I think I had to do the right thing. I had to go back to my job and I had to, you know, had clean to up, clean be there up. for a little bit and then really decide, okay, this is the time. I've seen what it's like versus my life here in Edinburgh. What am I going to do? And I think it was... April time that I handed in my notice and I remember being so sad about that too Jessica you know I gave a lot in that role and I loved my team and I loved my boss you know I just burst into tears when I told her I was leaving I I was sad but I knew it was the right thing for me. Were you experiencing a little bit of FOMO when you were not in France like your parents are there your sister's there your new beau is there here you are in Edinburgh I personally that was me I was like I'm missing out. Mm. Like they're all there. 
and I'm not. <laughs> and to be honest, I think that's what helped me make the decision to go there even before, because for years I had felt a little bit like the one left behind because they had all already moved there, you know, and they were living this beautiful life, you know, and I thought, but I was happy where I was for a time. Mm-hmm. It was okay. And I'm really independent. So it didn't really bother me that we, that they were there. But after some time, my sister had her babies and things and I wasn't there and, you know, lots of big life stuff was happening and I wasn't part of it. So I think in the end, yes, it was very much FOMO. And those few months in between when I came back were really Mm -hmm. difficult. Yeah. But, you know, Pierre, my husband, he came to see me in Scotland. I went and visited him for the weekend and, you know, we made it work until I moved. Yeah, I can totally relate to that. My parents and sister also picked up and and moved away Mm. and I was the I was the only one left left here quote unquote (laughs) but like you I wasn't sad about it in the beginning like I loved my job it was fantastic I really wasn't ready to you know pick up and move either and it gave me somewhere to go and visit them and gave me somewhere to go and escape yeah right but yeah, definitely, you know, around key times of the year, definitely the FOMO kicking in of like, oh, look, they're over there and they're having all that fun and I'm not, and I'm not there. Very much so. <laughs> like, I'm sure, I don't know about you, but I, I'm like, if there is a way to be like in two places at once, <laughs> I'm, I'm at the top of the list. Like <laughs> put me down for that, whatever experiment you need to do to figure <laughs> out how to make people be in two places at once, <laughs> sign me up. Yeah, I feel about the same. I I get little pockets even now. So I've been here 10 years and I get little pockets of homesickness and want to go back. And that is when I would love that as well, because I don't want to move back home. I'm very settled here now. I mean, we'll never know what might happen in the future, but at the moment I'm settled. But I just miss home on the some occasions for particular things. I just mm-hmm. wish I could be there. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I hear you. Okay. So you pick up, you sell your house, you move to France. Now what? Now what? So when I first came to France, I was lucky in that I didn't need to work straight away. I had some savings and I had a little bit of money from selling the house. So it was really good. I didn't feel that pressure straight away to find something, mm-hmm. but I love working so I knew I had to do something because I just I didn't like just sitting around and you know it wasn't for me so I knew I needed to get a job and I began by doing some holiday home management and things like that um so that was very active in the summertime but then the winter here because of where I live it's so you know there's so many tourists come in the summer and the holiday homes are full, but in the winter it is dead. I had nothing to do. So for the first few years, I used to come back to the UK in the winter and do some short term like contract work. Mm-hmm. And that gave me my fix of home as well. And, you know, it just worked really well. And then I came back to France again and, you know, sort of January time and it worked so well. And then I felt a little bit like I needed to find something here that I could do without having to keep making that move. I knew I wanted children. My husband and I wanted to start a family and I thought I can't keep doing this back and forth. I cannot keep doing that. So I decided to start my own business. And as I had been a secretary and then a manager and I'd done lots of that type of thing in that law firm for so long, I thought, well, I could do a virtual assistant job. I've 
I could support people and I could do that from afar. I don't need to be in an office. I can do it from home. So I set up my business and was full within a couple of weeks of marketing myself. So that was a life-changing moment for me. I mean, I I thought I was going to have to go for a full-time permanent job here and I didn't really want to do that. That was another moment in, I suppose, in my story where I thought this is another decision I have to make here I either go and get that job Mm -hmm. there were several things around I could have done and I actually had a job interview lined up for the Friday (laughs) in a sort of HR personnel position in a company not far from here and I I worked so hard to get clients that week so that by the Friday I didn't need to go for the interview (laughs) I was so happy. That's been like a little motivator to get you going, right? Like (laughs) the thought of taking that job is so unappealing. What what do I need to do to make that not happen? Mm -hmm. Good for you. Mm -hmm. Um, So, and this is like long before current times, right? Remote work was not a thing Mm -hmm. at the time. I'm sure this is what, what, seven, seven. So this is around seven years ago and I it was just starting so the term virtual assistant had just come in Mm -hmm. but it was for things like you know like the Alexa or those types of things that was the virtual assistant I've just said that word and she's pinged all around the house (laughs) so people knew about virtual assistant in that sense but not you know, someone who could support them, an actual person who was on the end of the phone. So, but I got some clients through LinkedIn is a great place to look for clients if you're doing that type of work. And I just talked about who I was, my experience. Um, And I think my experience was gold dust because a lot of VAs start off thinking, oh, you know, it's just admin. I can do that so easily. Anybody can do it. And actually, quite complicated so my background really helped me with that again so no regrets it the path that I went on was the path that I needed to go on Mm -hmm. because then that allowed me to get lots of clients because I was you know I was able to do so much for them and help them so much and I did that for three or four years and when COVID came I mean I was so lucky Jessica that I had that it was a remote position it was my own business so I could do what I wanted with it and my clients still needed me I work predominantly with female executive coaches so they were all still coaching Mm -hmm. a lot of that work still able to be done remotely so I was one of the very lucky people that continued to work and didn't didn't see a dip at all very lucky so that was your professional career and life in France that you were able to keep ties to the UK and and other places And talk to me about your creative endeavors now. Yeah, so there has always been a creative side of me that has wanted to come out. I've always loved cooking and food. So good place to be, South of France, cooking and food. Exactly. So you're in the country that's renowned for the most amazing food. I have always had a passion for food and cooking since I was tiny So COVID came and I had time to think about all that. And also I had time off when I had my youngest little boy. I took some time off work and I had the headspace to think about how I might make that work as a business. So not just a passion project thing, you know, I wanted to make it work as a business. 
And also COVID helped in a way because I did my very first online cookery class with friends of mine. We all turned 40 at the same time. And because we couldn't get together, we did an online cookery class together. And this amazing woman from Israel showed us how to make the most gorgeous three course meal on Zoom. And we all did it in our own homes and then met together afterwards on Zoom and had this most amazing connecting experience all eating the same meal in different parts of the world for our celebration of our birthdays. And I just had this light bulb moment of, I could do that. I could do that. I could teach people about French food, about cooking, about life here, and I can do it online. But it took me to have that time off, to have the headspace to even think of that. And then that little light bulb moment when I did the the cookery class was just amazing. I thought, right, that is what I'm going to do. So yes, so the new business was born. <laughs> Which is called what? It's called My Food in France. Okay. And what is that? What is entailed? Obviously, there's cooking classes and stuff, but like there's so much more to it. So tell us awesome. a little bit more about it. So My Food in France initially was just going to be cookery classes. And then I decided I wanted to create a space for people to get together and talk about food and learn a little bit more about the French culture and just have a sort of community space as well. So I created an online group and membership for people to join. And in that membership, we do one cookery class per month. So you get that. And then we normally I share interviews with local producers here. I'll do some cookery demos in the membership as well. We have lots of chats about food and yeah, just lots of recipe shares and things like that. So it's just It's much more than it was to begin with, which is totally me. I always have an idea and then it grows as as I go along. Mm -hmm. But the space is just so great, Jessica. It's just it allows me to have a creative outlet, but is so helpful for other people because we have this. It's a sort of inspiring space, I suppose, where they learn new things and get to hear a little about a little bit about France. But it's my food in France, so I don't necessarily stick to just French dishes. I love food from all over the world, so I'll quite often cook and demonstrate lots of different things. I love that. So you're literally creating a virtual experience for people who are not in a position to pick up and move to the south of France, like Mm. you've got to, but you're allowing them a version of that for themselves. Um, Yeah. That sounds fantastic. So how long has that been going on? So that is just over a year. I just had the memory pop up on socials the other day uh, where I announced the new business and I couldn't believe it's been one year. It's just been so exciting. And I think what I would like to say to anybody who's thinking of doing something like this is give it a try. You know, I suppose I was in a lucky position because I still had my other business in the background. So it wasn't necessarily, it was, it was, wasn't overly risky yeah it wasn't overly risky so I was able to do that but I also I was nervous about it I thought this is such a break from what I'm doing just now people might just be like what what is she doing what you know and in actual fact nobody cared people were just so excited and wanted to know all about it and you know couldn't wait to hear what was going to happen in there and you know it was just amazing the response that I got from my current contacts and my current social media followers. I just felt I felt really grateful for that because it could have been, yeah, you know, it just was such a change. Yeah. 
Well, in, in a time when people can't actually travel to South of France, you kind of created that, that space for people to experience. And I guess you being a foreigner mm. also helps because your contact list was all people who were, or mostly people who didn't live in France. And you're mm. like, Hey guys, do you want a little window into my world? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, and it's just so, it's so fun to share it. I think that's what, it doesn't feel like work, you know, because it's just such, it's so fun for me and it takes me to that creative side of myself that I, I needed, I needed an outlet for that. So mm-hmm. I feel really lucky. So do you still have your virtual assisting business plus your food business? I do. So I still have a lot of the same clients I had when I first started. They're still with me. And I love them and we're so close now, but we've been through a lot together, actually. (laughs) So, yeah, I still have that business. I don't take on any new clients for that because I want to concentrate on just new business for the new business. But, yeah, I still have the VA stuff in the background. Excellent. All right. Okay. so now what? Yeah. So the latest thing, typical, this is what happens whenever you're an entrepreneur. I think you may understand this. (laughs) I'm sure you do. Uh When you're an entrepreneur, you constantly see opportunities and ideas. And I think it is about choosing the right ones and testing. You know, you don't always know what's going to work, but Mm -hmm. give it a try. So a few months ago, I decided to set up an extra sort of side part to the my food in france business and it's called my best friend in france so my bff (laughs) and what i want to do with that going forward so this is the very much what's next i want to grow that and help people who were in the same position as me jessica when i first got here i loved france i had a degree in french i you know you had a couch to sleep on i yeah i i was I was extremely, I had lots going for my move to France, but it can still feel very isolating, quite lonely. It can feel totally overwhelming to be not just in a new culture, but a whole sort of new admin stuff to deal with. You know, it's it's a whole new life you're stepping into. And whilst it's really exciting and you're living your dream and there's all lots of good stuff there's so much that you want to share. And as an expat, when I first got here, I felt really, I felt that it was very hard to share my struggles because people were like, but you live in the south of France. Is it not amazing? And you know, like, you're not allowed to complain, you know, <laughs> just. And it's not allowed certain... to be hard because it's beautiful where you are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, real life doesn't go on. And I'm like, yeah, real life does go on no matter where you are these things crop up so I wanted to create a space where people felt able to share that so yeah their struggles but also their wins and the good stuff but just about what it's like to live here in France there's lots of cultural stuff that's the same across the country you know there's lots of different things the way the French work that uh, is different to what everybody's used to and I've found it so cool to create a space. It's still just very much in its infancy, but um, I'm really excited to see what happens with it. So it's sort of cultural, emotional, social support rather than I'll help you with your French tax return or here's how to deal with this health system. I don't want to get into all that. I just want to be more of a like a listening ear and 
you know, encouragement and a little bit of coaching maybe, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah. But not getting into like the nitty gritty of like, here's what you need to do to live here. Kind of stuff. Don't want to talk about French admin. No, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I can um, talk about why it's horrendous and why, you know, yeah. how to support you and hold your hand through it. But yeah. Um, That's such a great idea because yes, when somebody is thinking about picking up and moving to a new place, a new city, a new country, you know, there's so much they don't know. And it's so overwhelming. And there are so many organizations who help with relocation. So Mm -hmm. many people who do that, but all of that is the admin side of it and, you know, finding a place to live and finding schools for your kids and, but there is nothing that I can see online that is support just with the, ah, somebody just please let me have a moan. And, you know, can I talk to you about this? And, you know, it's very much all just practical stuff. And I wanted to fill that gap um, so that people can have somewhere to come and yeah, just be part of a community, you know, together. Yeah, this is not logistical support here. This is like emotional support. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. and for the good stuff too I really want us to share what's gone well and I'm very much because I've been here for 10 years it's great because I have the hindsight piece so there's people coming into the group saying oh I feel so overwhelmed you know I'm trying to get this sorted and that sorted and it's just it's a nightmare and I'm saying look you will get there it feels like you're walking through treacle but you will get there. It's it's going to happen. It's really frustrating, but you're doing so well. <laughs> just keep going. And it just feels so nice to be able to say that from, you know, from someone who's been through it, it will be fine, you know? <laughs> yeah, no. And I, I love it. I love the concept. It's like an immigration coach and support yeah. team, yeah. but wrapped up in the packaging of a BFF, right? Somebody yeah. who you can be like, oh my gosh, can I just tell you about whatever? Yeah. You're like, give it to me, girl, right? Like, I know, and I love the name of it. Like BFF was just such a best friend in France. You know, it just was so perfect. I was like, yes, that is what I want to call it. That's what I'm going for. <laughs> Very much that type of support. Awesome, I love it. So have any of your network, your friends and community that you knew before decided to pick up and join you there in France? There are people who are in the process of doing it already. So I don't think anybody's decided to do it based on, you know, things they've seen that I've shared, but I've seen lots of people who are in the process of it and who I'm supporting with that. So I do a little thing called monthly Voxer support. So Voxer is a bit like a walkie talkie, but it's an app on your phone. And the idea is that they come and we do this monthly, you know, it's like a monthly rolling thing and they can sign up for it and then just have me in their pocket. So it's like a BFF in your pocket. Send me a voice note and say, ah, this isn't working or, or wanting to tell me about, you know, oh, I've done this or I've managed it. Yes, I feel so accomplished. Yeah, you know, I've asked for something in the supermarket and I got the right thing, you know, or just, (laughs) there's so many things that you can talk about. So I've had a few people come through that with me and do a few months on Voxer and they felt, I mean, the feedback I've got has been so good, Jessica, just because they've had, they've just had someone there at the end of the phone. So it makes such a difference when you're going through a big change like that. So it's a good time to come if you are thinking of moving 
or you're in the process of it or just, you know, you've just got there because that's the sort of, that's the difficult time, really. It's very exciting, but it's also can be really overwhelming. So question for you. So yes, your parents were there and your sister was there and your your now husband, but was this also helping you kind of fill a friendship void that you found yourself in when in France? Because like leaving your friend group is probably the hardest thing for people to do when moving away, right? Like you're like, yeah. I want to go there, but will you come with me? <laughs> like, can I just I take all of you with me? So was this helping you create for yourself, like a new friend group? I hadn't thought of it that way, but probably yes, because that is one of the things I still struggle with the most. After all this time, Mm -hmm. I miss my friends so much. You're going to make me cry on here, Jessica. That is one of the hardest things for me. I have friends that I've known from school, you know, that I've known for years and years, and I just wish I could see them. So Probably yes, to answer your question. I've met so many amazing new people through this group. And whilst it's all online, you never know what might happen if someone is here visiting this area. You know, Mm -hmm. I've made so many new connections. Just feels great. If we could meet up in person, we might do that. Actually, there's an idea. I'll do a BFFs meet up in the south of France. <laughs> yeah. Well, some it's now summertime, so yeah. you know, let let's do it. The good weather is here. Go visit some wineries. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And all of the all of the things that the south of France has to offer. Oh, mm-hmm. oh my goodness. All right. Well, I just loved this conversation. You literally have like inspired me to. Um you know, think about like, oh, like what, what, what would life be like somewhere else? And, and maybe we do need to take a little cooking class with you, me and some <laughs> friends. So yeah, tell us a little bit more about My Food in France, you know, membership, what that looks like, how do people join, where can they find you, mm-hmm. all that fun stuff. So the best place to come is to join the My Food in France with Judith Gay's group on Facebook. So there's just a free Facebook group you can come and be part of. And in there, usually I'll share the details of the membership every once in a while. I'll open the doors to the membership and let people in. So you'll find that. You can also look on myfoodinfrance.com and you'll find more details on there. Uh, and the membership, yeah, you can sign up. It's £29 a month. I'm not quite sure what that is in dollars, but yes, you can. Go. <laughs> we'll figure that out. Yeah, it's just amazing. Uh, I'd love to see more people in the membership. That is my goal to grow it and have, you know, a hundred people all cooking together at the same time. It would be fantastic. Uh, And for the My Best Friend in France, if anybody is interested, come into the free group there. Just look that up again on Facebook, My Best Friend in France, and you should find my lovely group full of amazing people. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Okay. So as we wrap up here, if there is anyone like you from 10 plus years ago, who was feeling that feeling that you were feeling of just being a little bit trapped and they're thinking about picking up and moving somewhere. What words of encouragement do you have for them? I would say, have a think about where you want to go and work backwards from that. So make a choice that makes it sound easy, but have a think about where would be your dream place to go to mm-hmm. uh, and maybe two two or three places underneath that but yeah and then work back and work out what you need to do step by step so you don't have to make a massive change all at once 
but you can start to take the steps that will help to get you there. So if that's, you know, I want to move to France. Okay, well, I'm going to join my best friend in France for a start to get a little bit of an idea of what it's like to live in France. Then I might look to see what it takes to get a visa to go to France or do I need this? And even just a little bit of research can help ignite the flame of the whole dream a little bit more. A vision, start coming a vision, together. Exactly. So I suppose my main piece of advice is don't get overwhelmed and think I could never do that. Start with the big goal and work back and just take those little steps and you may find yourself actually going for the, your big dream. You never know. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Awesome. All right. Okay, everybody. Did you love today's episode? I did. So if this one resonated with you, please give it a like, a share, leave a comment, subscribe as always. And if you know somebody who's going through something similar and having a little bit of a twinge of thinking about picking up and moving somewhere, please, please, please share this episode with them because it may just inspire them to figure out their very own. Now what? All right, Judah, thank you so much for joining me today. That is it for us. We will be back here next week for another episode of I Just Blank. Now what? Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it more than I can say. Did you love this episode of I Just Blank? Now what? If you did, be sure to subscribe on your fave podcast platform. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, please leave a review. I do love reading them. And if you know somebody who's experiencing this story or something similar, please share this episode with them. It just might help them figure out the answers to their own now what questions. Have you recently had a now what moment and aren't sure what to do? Reach out to me at jessicastevens.ca and submit your story and I'll help you figure out what to do, how to move forward and help you answer now what. See you on the next episode.